Hi, this is Aura with Catholic Girl. Today, um, we're going to be looking over the readings of the fifth Sunday of Easter, May 10th, 2020. And the first reading is from the Acts of the Apostles, chapter 6, verse 1 through 7. Um, here we're going to hear the spirit and the works. In the spirit of the works, we have two groups in a Christian community that are separated by language, culture, and customs. And the resources are given, or they're felt that they're given more to one group than the other group. Those who are most similar to the leaders of a movement on the basis of background, culture, status, and are often benefited from their identity in ways unavailable to those who are not the same as their leaders. And here the apostles start to recognize that. And so they put together a group um, to resolve this issue. Um, the work of administrating justice is what we really see here and how the church works to administrate that justice. And in this case, what they needed to administrate it was you know, the case of overseeing food distribution. And, uh, as opposed to preaching the word. Some felt that the word of God is the ministry. That is the work. The work that they needed to be doing was spreading the word of God. That's the ministry they felt they needed to be doing. But clearly the community was also saying that their work was not was also to be, you know, giving and serving those within the ministry, the people. And they call this the table, okay? Um, and so what they, what they came to find at this council meeting is that both groups needed to be doing stuff, that we need to be serving and working. We need to serve the word, and we need to serve to the people. And the apostles decided that they would continue serving the word and that deacons would serve the needs of the people. One is not greater than the other is what they walked away from. And this is an early Christian community. There is no source of status. Okay. And uh, they wanted to keep it that way. Service to the word or to the needs is equal. Both are essential in the found, uh, formation of God's uh, people. Community depends upon these forms of services. The rumbling in, in the community here that we hear, this rumbling is, is, the, uh, the, is that the, the church, the apostles, could be setting themselves up for status, to be higher than those they serve. Um, and that, that was a really big deal here because the source of their status, the apostle status, is from the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And guys, we've been talking about the Holy Spirit quite a bit. And so here, the, this is their chance to really work with the wisdom of the Spirit. And the wisdom of the Spirit is pointing them that, to the service of its people. Right, and it's not just through the word. It's not just through through um, repentance. It also has to be just serving, 
And they, the apostles had to remember that Jesus, you know, cleaned their feet, that Jesus served them. You know, he, you know, that was one of his big messages. It wasn't just about the word. It was also about serving one another. I find this very interesting when we look at uh, Mother Teresa, who I hope um, everybody's watched that video by now. But uh, Mother Teresa, she, she, she understood that, yes, the word needed to be ministered, but we also needed to minister to the people's needs. And I, I, I love that little, um, you know, as we're seeing it in the readings and as we're studying there's another really great individual here that I want you guys to take note of because I'm going to talk more about him as we study the saints. Um, he is uh, Stefan. And Stefan here is, we've heard, met him before. He speaks out for the church. He um, has lots of parallels to Jesus in the sense of his trial, his, uh, his, his execution, um, although he stoned to death and Jesus was crucified, but the words that are he uses and the words of Jesus are very similar. You know, he asks that God forgive the people after he's been, you know, as he's being stoned. You know, just as Jesus said, "Lord, forgive them; they sh- they do not know what they're doing." So Stephen here, we're seeing it at the beginning of his um, ministry. He was a very gifted preacher, right? And uh, he had this great wisdom, and he was very learned, uh, very different from the apostles. Apostles were all fishermen and didn't come from a background of education. Well, here's Stephen. He is very educated and well-spoken, well-spoken. And, in fact, in his trial, he is uh, he's so well-spoken that it, it even scares the uh, the the Jewish community even more and he makes more converts because of his ability to speak so well but here he is he's a gifted speaker and he set aside for service of distribution here in the gospel in the in the reading today he and others um, are being sent to fulfill this need to serve the table and this is a, 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 a moment it was more important to do God's purpose to serve the table than it was the word. So here we have a very talented speaker who would probably do, convert more people with his speaking than serving at the table. But, but the apostles, through the spirit and wisdom of the Holy Spirit, they appointed... Stephen over here, you know, Stephen, Philip, and, and the others. So he, here we, we see that even though maybe in our lives we are good at one thing, but God keeps calling us to do another, and that's to serve maybe his table. We have to answer that. Now, the reverse is true. Um, there was Moses, and Moses, he couldn't speak very well, and he and God wanted him to be, you know, wanted him to speak for God, you know, God kept saying, hey, you need to speak on my behalf. And Moses was like, oh, my goodness, I cannot speak. This is not my talent. And so sometimes we have to do what God is asking us to do, even if that is not our talent. Um, Stephen, uh, Stephen is even goes on with this no lingering hunger for status. 
he's really good about that. He, he, he serves even though this isn't what he is good at. He serves willingly because he has no hunger for status. He, he doesn't want to be revealed or um, be noted higher or worshipped. or He has no ego, I guess is what I want to say. And he accepts the call to serve at the tables, to serve the, um, the widows, the orphans, the, the sick, the homeless, the hungry. And I, I think that's uh, what we're all called as saints to do, is to answer that call and not begrudge what God is asking us to do. In the second reading today, we have uh, the First Peter, First uh, uh, Peter, second chapter, verse four through nine. This is a really interesting one. It's, it has a lot of, <laughs> of symbolism in it. So let's break through it. This reading is, is really about the spiritual house. Um, the primitive Christians or the early Christians, they didn't have temples. They didn't have priests and they didn't have sacrifices. Now, this is very new and different. Not to have a temple, not to have a priest, not to have these sacrifices. If you were Jewish, this was almost, you know... Like you felt naked because you no longer had a place to go worship at. You no longer had guidance from a priest. You no longer were making these sacrifices, you know, this, um, the, like the unblemished lamb. You were no longer sacrificing something. If you were a pagan, this was also very challenging for you because there was, again, no temple. There was no priests. There was no, no symbol, no visual icon to worship. Um, there was no sacrifices, you know, uh, pagans had sacrifices as well. Uh, so it, the Gentiles and, and the Jewish and the pagans that had converted to being Christians, there was a little bit of struggle here. And, it, and it's interesting because, you know, today we don't have this. So this is very eye opening for me. Um, sometimes these people felt so out of place that they maybe slip back into their old, you know, you know, I'm just going to, because this makes me feel closer to God. So early Christians missing these rituals, having, having no access to a temple, uh, were reminded by Stephen, interesting enough, um, he's a very well-spoken man. He said to them about the temple is that you cannot contain God in a man-made temple. I think that's very interesting. We cannot contain God to a tabernacle, to a table, to a to a, a building. He's everywhere. And that kind of is answered today in First Peter uh, uh, chapter 2. And Peter goes in attempts to help everybody understand um, and alleviate their their displacement and their estrangement from from their their regular typical typical uh, behavior, and it's described to the people like this, that we're living stones. Now this means that the people make up the brick and the mortar of the church. He says about the temple, the people are the temple, themselves are the temple. And they are holy in priesthood. So here we are, this vision of, he gives us this idea of priesthood, that we are the people. We offer, we are the priests. 
we offer sacrifice and service to God. We are the ones. So we must serve others. We must do this at a sacrifice to ourselves. You know, mostly that's usually, um, you know, the, the pain and suffering that we talked about today in the Beatitudes. Um, it's also um, the sacrifice is that what people make through our spiritual worship the sacrifice we make through devotions, the sacrifice of being obedient to God. I think those are the the key points of of that. Now, I also want to point out that the rock and the stone are common in Scripture, Um, especially Old Testament. So hold on, Miss Orr is going to make a reference to the Old Testament. We have to remember that the New Testament is always pointing back to the Old Testament, and the Old Testament's always pointing to the New Testament. And here's a really great example. We have rock and stone, and it, it is in Isaiah several times, three times in fact. In Isaiah 8, um, verse 14, they talk about the stumbling stone. In Isaiah 28, verse 16, they talk about the foundational stone. In Isaiah 51, Verse 1, they talk about the parental rock. In Psalms 118, verse 22, we hear about the rejected stone that's venerated and built on. In Daniel chapter 2, verse 34, we hear about the supernatural stone. In Zechariah 12, verse 3, we hear about the burdensome, the burden of a stone, the burdensome stone. <laughs> so we, uh, we have these really great imageries and we know that Jesus was rejected by the Jewish leaders and they had him executed and cast aside at like rubble, you know, the, his stone became rubble. And now the Jews, um, are tripping and stumbling over that rubble, that stone. And, and that's what is so fun about today's um, second reading is that really cool wording. Um, let's see, what does he say? He says, the stone that the builders rejected, which we know is to be Jesus, has become the cornerstone. And we, this is from Psalms. And this is saying that we're, our faith is built all around Jesus. And, and then he continues and he says, a stone that will make people stumble. Now he's not saying Jesus makes people stumble. He's saying that it makes non-believers stumble and they a trip and they fall, a rock that will make them fall. They stumble by disobeying the word as this is their destiny. Now we have to understand that how many people came to the Israelites? How many people, have, you know, through Ju- Judaism have experienced a prophet being sent time and time again and fulfilling. Um, here's Jesus. He, he's fulfilled what all the prophets have said. And, hey, we've everything has come to light. You know this. Stop stumbling over the words and see and open your eyes that Jesus is the path, right? We'll get to that in a minute. Um, in the gospel, it becomes very clear about the path. Uh, so we have the last line in uh, in the in Peter First Peter's uh, second in First Peter's reading here in the second reading. Um, you are chosen, 
a race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. Now he's quoting Exodus 19 verse 6 and people of his own, so that you may announce the praises. He's saying we are priests, and we must go out and tell others of Jesus. We must go out and spread the word. We must go out and serve others. And then we come to the gospel. And the gospel is very simple today. And it's another I am gospel we heard so often during um, during the, the um, Easter vigil. Uh, the I am statements. I am is is definitely an Old Testament. It's it really speaks to um, the Trinity, and Jesus is again identifying himself within the Trinity, and he's saying, "I am the way and the truth, and, and I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you know me, then you will also know my Father." This I am is saying, I am part of the Trinity. And you are called to witness to that. And you are called to trust in Jesus. And, and in order to trust in Jesus, we have to remember Jesus is God's words, right? Jesus is the word. And we need to spend time with the word. Jesus is the word, which means if he is the way, we need to be spending time with the word. And that's the path. So that means spending time in not only in mass, not only in prayer, but also with the Bible. Opening up and reading the Old Testament, reading the New Testaments. The, this means that, we, that Jesus is the source and the pattern that leads to true life. And the way is the church, because the church shows us how important the word is and how important the service is. And today we, we see how important this living church is, right? So I hope that helps you understand the readings. Um, I hope you have a blessed day. Thanks.